S is for the silly bits we do. Y is for your astute commentary. D is for all of that discourse. N is simply unforgettable. Everyone is saying happy birthday to you. What was what was your thing for N? Uh, unforgettable. That's the one where you cheat. Unforgettable. Okay, and then and then there was no other E. I mean, a, I mean a no. Y at the end. The E was everyone saying happy birthday to you. Oh. I just didn't say the letters out loud. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Incidentally, very much. as I was tr- that wasn't bad. I had the first half. Yeah, I had the first half locked in, and then the second half, I'm like, I'm just gonna wing this and let it like. <laughs> Just go where it needs to go. <laughs> Incidentally, while I was figuring this out, do you remember? I don't. I wish I knew which episode of Bob's Burgers it was. But uh, oh, the little pesto yes. kid when, is doing, yeah, Joy, el- yeah, doing Joy it. Pesto is, but it's all the same word. Yeah, or like working its way to and the same thing. I forget. I forget what it was. But yeah, every single letter was like the same ending. <laughs> like it had the same sentence. Right, on it's it. the same sentence. And I just don't with remember what it was. Word. But yeah, that that's like a, a bit on Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Right, which I'm like, that, I, like, we say this represents the comedy stylings of this very often, but, like, if you want a sense of, like, the sort of not creativity of the entire Bob's Burgers universe, right. it's kind of that. Right, exactly. Welcome to the Disney Desk, everyone. Carter here. And I'm Sydney. And we are ending Sydney's Girl Boss Month, her birthday month, with a bang, because today, ladies and gentlemen, February 22nd, is her official, actual birthday. Woo! Happy birthday. Thank you. I am getting older. <laughs> yes. You know, as we get older, we pause and reflect on what really matters. Disney uh, live-action movies from the 1990s. Um, and silly children's things that we can talk right. about on a, in audio format. Exactly, yeah. This one was voted on by the patrons, but I'm pretty sure, because, like, we get a vote. I'm pretty sure this is what I used my vote on also. Right. Because this is yes. one of my all-time favorite movies ever. This 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 may be the movie, even more than Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Well, the Cinderella one was, like, I was a very young, young kid when I was watching that on mm. repeat. When I got a little bit older... To like the when I was around 10, 11, 12, like was when I was watching this on co- constant repeat. Right, right. Yes, I was in a similar boat because, you know, in another episode of Carter's Got a Sister. And, but also, like, this project in particular feels like a tweener in terms of like the, like, we grew up in like the peak of like the boy, uh, the blue pink aisle stuff, but this felt like a tweener because it's like, Yes, it stars, uh, it's about a lady, and or it's about a young girl, and it's about romance, but it is very, like, I don't know, it's about schemes and mischief it's, and mayhem. It's got, like, somehow this movie toes the line between, like, earnest and deeply romantic, like, like it, it toes the line between being an earnest romance and also, yes. like, a 90s, like, yeah. kid with a scheme Right. 
movie. It is actually a little shocking that there is no scene where someone gets hit in the ding dong and has an extremely dramatic like ooh. That and is only Lindsay Lohan because responds, it is mostly That's women. That's gotta hurt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, that would have no effect. Right. To <laughs> quote um, to quote Peggy Hill, as you can see clearly, Bobby, I have no penis. Right. As he tries to kick her in the groin. Right. I also think. I also think it's another one because it's like a remake of a classic film that kind of just right. like makes it a for everyone thing. Like if Wizard of Oz came out today, people would be like, oh, this woke movie with a female lead. But because it's like right. an austere classic, everyone gets to watch it. Exactly. Yeah. And this was, you know, it's so amazing because the original, did we, did we mention that we're watching Parent Trap? Did we say the title? I was going to see how long we could, like, dance around it. I mean, it's in the title, but right. I think it's very funny to just not say what not you're doing for as long as possible and it. just make the audience progressively more annoyed. Right, right, right. We love annoying our audience, um, especially during Girl Boss Geekie month. Gaslight. Yeah. All of it. It's all the energy we're going for. Right. Um, but, like, you know, the original Parent Trap, not to dive right into today's topic, um, you know, had, like, a bona fide child star... Uh, Haley Mills mm-hmm. in it and she was like the it girl of her time and that's sort of like a, th- that's sort of exactly what the progression would be for Lindsay Lohan after this and I always forget that this right. is the first time she's like seen on screen I sincerely did not know this was literally her first her performance introduction. and I'm like kind of everything which is like remarkable. it kind of puts Right. It kind of puts her meteoric rise and subsequent like, public fall. It makes it 100% sense because like, yeah. if you come out on the scene this strong, right. there's only one way to, for this to go. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I'm going to say I'd start doing like research for this and I genuinely forgot there was a version of this before. And I forgot they did this exact same thing with Freaky Friday. It is kind of wild that Disney mm. on top of all... Like, a, a company so, especially now, pigeonholed by, like, IP and brands quietly has, like, three or four quote-unquote franchises that are just, like, let's take a classic book or a classic story idea and just mm-hmm. remake it every, like, three decades with whoever the new star is. Right. Because they've been trying to make another 30,000 Leagues Under the Sea. They just keep abandoning it, giving right. up on it. Yeah. Um, yes. I also did not know this book is from the 1940s, and famously, the guy who wrote it was trying to make it into a screenplay for years, but the um, fascist government of Germany kept saying no. Don't you just hate that? Yeah, that'll get him. That'll get you every time. Um, yes, but as you can tell, we have a lot of energy, and we have a lot to talk about on this celebratory day. Right. But first, it is time for another Internet Minute. So, for this week's Internet Minute, we just kind of had one topic, sort of a debate topic. Um, Sid, I don't know how familiar you are with the film critic Chris Stuckman. I've never heard that name before in my life. He is kind of, like, he's been kind of on the YouTube scene for quite a while now. I haven't watched a lot of his content, but I am familiar with it. And you are familiar with the film Madam Web, right? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Sony's latest foray into the uh, Sony, Sony Spider-Man Marvel Universe, or Smook, or whatever they end up calling it. Um, I hope they call it that. I, I or Sumac, I don't know. Shmook. It makes a good tea. Yeah. Schmook, yes. Um, another, another more, maybe, another Morbius-level disaster, somehow doing financially and critically worse than Morbius. Um, oh, Lord Jesus. And... 
you know, everyone is, as per, as you would expect, everyone's getting ready to do their pound of flesh, their, you know, yeah. this has been, like, every YouTube film critic, I'm an adult both version. sincere and the grifty one, yes, yes, <laughs> has been getting ready for this on their calendar, like, the death of movies, the death of Marvel, why is there a movie with women in it? It is actually kind of why insane how quickly... <laughs> Clearly, some no. See, sincere because you read some of the like box office things, and so clearly Sony is trying to pivot this and like save face by being like, "Well, it's the women's," you know. Yeah. Tried to make a women movie, and I'm like, and this is what happened. I mm-hmm. a huge chunk of that movie has fallen off a truck, and I will say that's not the problem. Is it doesn't have enough women in it? To be honest, <laughs> the marketing is very misleading on how much spider womening there oh, is. Oh my god. Um. Like, if you want to do kind of, like, a mid-sort of, like, trashy slasher thriller version of Spider-Man with all the Spider-Women, I'm like, hell yeah, that's way better. Like, if that's how you sell people in this weird dinky-dunk universe where you can't actually have Spider-Man, I'm like, all right, I can buy into that. Right. Like, sort of have it, like, a sort of 70s, like, girls kicking ass vibe. I'm like, hell yeah. But it is not that. It is not much of anything, honestly. It is studio notes. It's but not anywho. like a because to me I'm I've been perceiving it as like, is it sort of buddy cop ish? No, I that's the problem. It's nothing. It's kind of no genres. So the idea is, Dakota Johnson is Madame Web. Uh, her mom studied spiders in the Amazon. That's how they connect all of this. Of course, um, yeah. she gets precognition powers and sees that these three women are going to become spider women. And this one guy, Ezekiel, is out to merc them because he's, like, trying to preempt destiny, basically. So she's got to be like, you guys got to come with me. And you think they become Spider-Women halfway through the movie? No, it's literally one, like, flash-forward scene where you see them all in the costume. And I'm like, those were real costumes on set. Why did you waste that much money on it? This is, like, the oh classic God. UCGI yet. Right. Like, these look, these look like the most expensive thing in the movie, and they're on for two seconds. Right. Anywho. Yeah, it's, so it's kind of nothing. It's like, uh, honestly, my biggest takeaway is like, my God, we really need another Final Destination movie. Because like the precognition death stuff, I'm like, God, it's insane. Like we reboot these horror franchises all the time mm-hmm. and no one's wanted to do Final Destination. It's so weird. That was so huge for like a decade and no one's touched it. Right. There hasn't been a good fucking Jason movie in, since the 80s and we're still making them. Right. Um, <laughs> but I digress. The actual point of this is Chris Stuckman in what would have been his usual review slot, instead did a video just talking about, and here's his exact quote, since I do try to keep it mostly about film celebration on this channel, having seen the film, I'm going to tell you this is not a review of Madame Web. I'm not about bashing filmmakers or artists. I know how hard it is to make a movie, but I do not know how hard it is to make a movie in the studio system. And yeah, basically wow, he that's just so refreshing. the ball. Right? It is. And people lost their goddamn minds. His fans are angry. Other critics are angry. Like, there's a lot of critics who... Uh, I don't know. I, there's, there's a lot of different approaches. Um, angry Joe, who's a guy I've liked. He's, n- he's not perfect, but he's done some good stuff. And he's usually on the right side of things. Responded, Chris, I have to say this, man, after being a following subscriber of yours for as long as I can remember. Never feel bad about or straight out refuse to criticize something harshly when a piece of media deserves it. The second you do that, you are no longer a viewer. And that's not bashing Madam Webb. That's telling it like it is, and you need to continue to do that to maintain credibility. There is this sense that he, like, owes it to us, that he's, like, owes it to his fans to bash this movie. And some people, I don't know. I guess I am on two sides of the fence about this. Because on one hand, there has been a lot of discourse lately about how, like, I don't know if you saw that clip of Tina Fey coming at other filmmakers and getting yelled at about it. 
Like, no. there is this, like, discourse of, like, if we're not allowed to criticize other people's art, then how are we ever going to progress? Yeah. Like, I do think that's fair. Like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't deflect the, you know, we shouldn't deflect opportunities to criticize just because, like, you know, we understand how hard it is. Chris right. Stuckman made his own feature-length film. He understands how hard it is. But again, it's like, well, you know, other people criticize. Your, everyone should be criticizing things because that's how the art film evolves. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, why for this fucking movie? Like, again, there's nothing because, like, someone made the point of, like, well, criticism helps people improve. Nothing is going to improve from this situation. Look, we've talked about this before, but basically the reason why these movies exist is because to, like, get out of bankruptcy in the 70s and 80s, Marvel sold the rights to a lot of their most important characters, including Spider-Man to the Sony right. Pictures Corporation. And as a result... Basically, the, basically how they get to keep these rights away from Marvel is they are contractually required to make a movie every, like, I don't remember how many years it is, but it's like a set amount of years there has to be a Spider-Man picture in theaters. Okay. So they are basically, they basically have to do it to keep the rights. Like, this is their way of, even if we stop making movies with Marvel, like, even if we stop making the Tom Holland movies with Marvel, we have a way to keep these rights. Mm -hmm. Like, these movies have no... I don't doubt that a lot of the people who sign on to this, a lot of the directors, a lot of the writers, even the actors, although it really does seem like they're getting tricked into these movies, because the way Dakota Johnson talks, it really sounds like she thought this was the MCU. Um, Right. I actually kind of thought it was the MCU until more recently. Right. I get like I guess that's a problem with doing multiverse stuff is that you can hide behind a veil of plausible deniability where you're like right. maybe maybe. And do general audiences know the difference? Like I do feel bad for Marvel. We talked about this last week. They're finally doing one movie and then like the Sony Pictures Marvel Spider-Man cinematic universe McDonald's versus Burger King yeah. strapped a bunch of C4 to their chest and are just charging into the <laughs> middle of the room screaming. You know, like, taking the whole genre out with them. To me, like, I I, I appreciate th- this, this guy's choice not to review mm-hmm. this movie or not to criticize it or, um, you know, I, like I said, that is kind of refreshing for someone to be like, eh, I don't think this needs my input right now. Um... But on the other, like on the other side of that, I would agree with you that I I tend to believe that art criticism is a positive thing, um, right? When done in good faith, and I feel right. like his, and there's nothing about this that's good faith, right? And it's like, okay, you know, I like for whoever responded to him saying like, don't be afraid to criticize things. Like I don't know, maybe. He could have just been a little more, like, I I will say that, like, all right, it sounds like he's not being totally transparent about, like, why he doesn't want to review Mm. this. And it's like, and again, I think that's tasteful. (laughs) Like, because it's like, really what I'm hearing is, like, I'm not interested in in being a participant in the vitriol. Like, I'm not interested in being a participant in, like, the toxicity that's going to come from this. And I just don't want to play that game. Right. And yeah, I honestly kind of, if anything, I do wish he was more blunt. Just like, no, we're just doing this because, you know, internet groupthink is strong. And if you're not a part of like the discourse, you're considered wrong. Right. And again, it's like, 
If this was a sincerely made piece of art, then we could criticize it, but it's not. It is literally to fill out a balance sheet. The mm-hmm. only people who made any meaningful decisions on this production, or at least the decisions that ended up on screen, weren't the screenwriters, directors, or actors, but the studio who kept, and by all accounts, they were meddling. Dakota mm. Johnson has been blunt and bleak on this whole press tour about how bad it is out on these streets. She's talked about, like, <laughs> it's, basically a diff- it's basically a different film than the one I signed on for. Mm-hmm. Like, and if, 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 if criticizing it would somehow psych those producers out, would somehow convince them to give up on this silly charade, right. to, like, force them to change their ways, it would have worked already because we've done this before with Venom, Venom 2, and Morbius. But it hasn't mm. worked. It won't work because, like, they've decided they... They've decided to put their heads down and keep going with this because they feel like they have to. Because that's their one franchise and they have to keep the franchise going. Right. Like, the only way this changes is if, like, between Amy Pascal, Arad, like, any of the producers at Sony just had some fucking pride and dignity, man. Like, at some point, you just had... Like, do you really want all of these on your credits list? Are you really cool with that? Like, at some point, can you not just be, like... Let's. What if we made our own franchise? Could we just try? Right. Could we just try to make a new franchise, and then if it doesn't work, we'll go back to this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was an interesting discourse because it does like touch a lot of the stuff we've talked about in terms of like, you know, why why review or talk about individual movies? Why do this topic? Why do that topic? And it's like, and like, how mean should you be? Because again, yeah. we we talk about Lightyear, and I do think both yeah. of us were kind of like we probably hyper focused on negativity too much and didn't just talk right. about like, well, here's why we, you know here's what we can learn from this. Yeah, I know it's so funny that like both of us have like, <laughs> what I can best describe as remorse for the way we treat it. It's like I don't know. I, yeah. I I like I I still agree with all of my points back then. I guess I just like feel bad. Like we just like hmm, maybe we should not. Have, like, have been that mean? I don't know. Yeah, well, no. I mean, it's basically what we're talking about here, where it's like, we were meaner and angrier because that's what the discourse wanted. It wanted a pound of flesh. Right. And I think now we have the perspective of, like, look, at the end of the day, we see all the things they were going for. They just yeah, didn't work. it just didn't... The movie... They, didn't, they just yeah. didn't pull it And off. it would have been better to talk about that right. through that lens of, like, here's what someone is trying to execute. Let's kind of scientifically break down why it doesn't work. Right, exactly, yeah. Or we could just completely hard pivot into, like, female Spider-Man, break MCU. Disney is over. Mickey Mouse even on the thumbnail, looking pissed. this is not about Disney. Not even a little bit. <laughs> uh, that fucking South Park episode where Cartman is Kathleen Kennedy for some reason. Oh, my God. I'm not explaining that to you. I don't, I'm no. not interested. I would hang up this call if you began to. And now back to your regular scheduled programming. Okay, here we are in uh, Napa Valley, California, slash London, England, slash um, some summer camp in what looks like upstate New York. I don't know. Yeah, some some third place and then like... I honestly, that would be one of my big points is like, God, this movie covers a lot of ground. Why does she go to a summer camp in America? Well, um, well, that's interesting. Like this, you know, when I was watching this, like it reminded me a lot of like my own summer camp days, uh, Mm -hmm. which it makes me so nostalgic for like 
this movie really makes me so nostalgic for my like Girl Scout days and my summer camp days. I I told you about like that I you know went to summer camp like sleepaway camp for years, right? Right. You meant well. I knew you were a Girl Scout. And I kind of intuited from there you did the sleepaway camps. Well, the sleepaway camps were separate, but like the my sleepaway camp, it was an arts camp. It was in New Jersey, uh, and it was it was international. Like people came from all over the world to go to camp like to you know be like both campers and counselors like so that's a thing but but also like you have to remember that like in in europe their school years look different they don't really like do summer Mm. break the way that we do so in a lot of countries so like so they don't i don't think they really have like summer camp right um i did get the one note i did get from all this is apparently uh, they do have, like, sort of summer camp in the UK, but it's basically, like, military boot camp. Okay, like, you only right. send your kid there if you either hate them or it's, like, you yeah. need to straighten them out. Yeah, you're not Teach sending... them the proper ways of the kingdom. Exactly. Like, they're... In, in the US, it's like, oh, learn how to make friendship bracelets. Right. Um, <laughs> it is wild, because I never went to sleepaway camp. I just went to, like, a day camp at one of the elementary schools. And right. this makes you, does make you so... It makes you nostalgic for a thing you never even had, because it's such a distinct vision and smell and color. Yeah. Like, and so radically different than the rest of this movie. It is kind of wild this is, like, two movies, basically, in terms of, like, tempo and tone. Okay, wait. Can, you know, that's something that I wanted to to talk about in this, in this uh, episode today, of, like... I love this movie, and, like, why does it feel like there are multiple points where the movie could very much be over? Like, it's, it's you know, we use the word episodic a lot on this show to mean, like, okay, we have a lot of, like, vignettes of, like, here's that, like, mm-hmm. here's a full, like, kind of, here's, here's a full little arc of a story, and then here's another full little arc of a story. And it's, like... Mm-hmm. It is very vignette It is very episodic. And yet somehow they all, like, blend together really seamlessly. Yeah, because the opening is so perfectly fairy tale. It ingrains that. Anytime you hear it's... that song now, I just think of this boat and the wine and the fireworks right. and the kissing and the photo. And that we end on the photo where we actually see them. I think the fact that we have this image in our head right. the entire movie, we got to get back to this, I think it's, just allows everything to stay stitched together. Nancy Meyer, like, whom I love, I want to talk about her more, but, um... Yes. Like, just found a way to, like, reverse engineer a story. And usually that kind of doesn't work. Like, usually it doesn't... Like, and we've talked about this before, films that, like, tell you the answer from the beginning, and mm. then like, struggle to, like, give you something to care about or, like... And it's not that she exactly gives you the answer in the beginning, but, like, you get a small little story in the beginning and and then they reverse and... And then, boom, we're at a summer camp with this little girl. And, like, they slowly build the story, like, back up from that framework that they created with this boat right. scene on the on the Queen Elizabeth. So... Um, it is so funny you used the phrase "give us the answer" because I was thinking comparing this to Anastasia, just like we do know the answer, but we follow yeah. the characters figure it out as we or the characters figure it out at a pace that's satisfying and exciting, and like the main tension works the entire movie because right. we know what we're building up to. We're building up to this again, especially because it is a legacy film. Like it is a remake, 
Yeah. That adds another layer of, like, we already know what, what this is. Like, we know that this is about a story about, like, twin girls. Like, we know, right. we kind and of... And like, parent, uh, the titular parent trap. T- parent trap, yes, exactly. <laughs> but, and, like, yeah, so it's, like, on some level, the audience kind of, like, knows what this is. Um, but even in a scenario where, like, you have a blind audience that has no idea what they're sitting down to watch, right. like, this Like us, this when we works. were kids. Yeah, exactly. Like this, this works. Uh, yeah, and it's yeah, that. That's actually the the best example of like when we we're talking about Anastasia, of uh, yeah, giving the audience the answer and then just stupidly right. like, fumbling. What is your victory state here? Right. Whereas we know what the victory state here is. We want to get back to that photo. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we, we, we want to find the significance of the photo. We have no idea who these two people in this picture are at all. Right. And, yeah, we want to get back to, like, answering. Because, it, it, honestly, right. that's, that's, that's why it works is that, like, it's a romantic scene, but something about it is kind of mysterious. They right. don't show we their don't faces. don't see their faces till the end. Right. We don't, we don't know see who their they faces are. Until that shot. And we don't have any context for, like, where they are, what they're doing, or what are, like, they're just two people getting married. Right. In terms of, like, storytelling building blocks, in terms of, like, Nancy Noiris just being, like, a really fucking good screenwriter, it is, like, a masterclass in, like, children's story, like, family story or entertainment, like, you know, the core elementals of storytelling, because it's, like, that's our prologue. That's our, like, inciting incident of, like, who are these two? Why do they matter? Mm-hmm. Who, how do they relate to the rest of this story? Right. Our big act one pivot, I guess it's, like, the difference between this and Anastasia is every, like, act pivot elevates mm. the tension and gives us a better understanding. Our act one pivot is they're forced to be in a cabin together, and finally, they almost immediately start copying, okay, this is a lot weirder than the fact we look alike. Some people right. look alike. That's just a thing. But right. the fact that we have literally all of this in common. We have the same birthday. <laughs> yeah, then the photos match up, and that's our act one pivot where we're like, oh, that's what the photo is. Right. And then act two is the entire parent trap. Mm-hmm. And then we finally see them reunited and have this, like, fun little tension between all of these romantic pairings. Mm-hmm. Act three pivot is basically everything after they're in California. And the tension is just like, all right, but will they get back together? And then right. they do. And our epilogue is another set of photos. Another and you're wedding. like, oh, oh, so this is oh, perfectly structured. Get it. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a, it, it is, like, it, yeah, you're right. The word for that is just, like, satisfying. Like, right. they're just perfect puzzle pieces that just slide perfectly into the right spots. Yes, and you're to, uh, you feel smart as you're figuring yes. it out. Yes. And you're excited as the characters are figuring it out. Right, exactly. And, like, yeah, every beat is so, like, choreographed that both you and the characters feel rewarded for experiencing it. You know, like, let's, let me pause here for a second while we're still sort of, like, lingering at the beginning of this movie. Because it's, like, re-watching this the other day, it, like, of course everything is different when you not only watch it as an adult, but, like watch it through like a more analytical lens mm-hmm. and I was watching it and I was like so let me get this straight these two people of, of all the things that you need to suspend your disbelief about in this movie you're telling me there is a lot then there's a laundry list of things that you're gonna have to just sign yes. up to this and, and, the, and yeah. roll with it this is the classic historical uh yeah. wait a minute what the fuck yeah. It only makes sense that this was a German book written in, like, 1940, where it's like, right. yes, such a ridiculous thing could only happen in, like, yes. <laughs> the countryside of Germany as the reign of fascism is upon us. Um, you're telling me that these two people met on this boat. Met. 
Mm-hmm. They met. Yes. And because she hates flying. And then got note. married on the same boat, like, during the same trip. I believe it, but I'm also, like, I'm a fall-to-my-knees romantic. Well... Well, see, I like that they lean into that, because I like that the tension with their romance isn't... Because they talk about it, it's like, why didn't it work? And it's like, well, because we were, we were both young and, and we were impressionable. And it was... And both of us had fiery probably passion. Probably a mistake. Yeah, like, it was, this was a crazy thing that we did. And it's kind of one of the... Re- the thing I love is, like, the two dates they go on once they get back together is, like, a very kitschy... Tri- like like the actual parent chap this like attempt to recreate the night they first met it's like cute and they like it but yeah. it's not really clicking for but them but they're not but yeah. then when they have right when they have this adult date where they're just like going through his wine cellar and he's like yeah i kept this and mm-hmm. she does appreciate like oh this was real this wasn't just like a fling that resulted right. in this chaotic situation right. like i like their emotional arc is just like like not being they can't be kids anymore they have to be adults and have Mm. like this adult like you have to go if you want someone you have to go get them right if you want this to work you have to make it work right you have to like overcome the you know the you can't just chalk this up as a useful mistake you have to appreciate no you love this person yeah um Oh, God. And maybe not try to sell a divorce lawyer on, so we're not going to tell them they, we're not going to tell them they're twins. We're going to yeah, do this we're not objectively them... cruel thing. Right. That's another, like, add that to the, the list of, like, suspend your disbelief. What the fuck is this? It, this is, has to be, like, uh, some something about this seems like a human rights violation. <laughs> yeah, no no divorce lawyer would let them go through this. <laughs> right. No family court judge is going to go for this at all. Like... <laughs> Yeah, uh, unless, I guess it, well, I guess it depends what court. Maybe they did it through British court where, you know, it's it's crooked and, well. What, what is British court, like, biblical, where they're like, well, cut the baby in half or something? Like, I don't, like. I don't know. I'm trying, again, movies make emotional sense, not literal right, sense. Right, exactly. And the exactly. emotions in this movie work because all the actors are good and the, it's, it's like, romantic and it's well written. This is, this is, pro- this is the best example of, like, a movie that I am totally willing to throw logic out the window for like, mm. none, this, again, yeah, makes emotional sense. I don't need this to make logical sense, but it's fun to actually, like, a, attempt to apply a little bit of logic to it to be like, okay, but actually, like, what are these people doing? Yeah, it's honest trailers, not cinema sins, where you're poking fun yeah. at it, but you, object, you outright state you love it. Right, exactly. Where instead <laughs> of being snooty, like, uh, well, actually. Well, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, those are there's there's I don't I don't even know where to begin, and, and we we talked about this where we're like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to form sentences for this movie. Right, that's the problem with doing movies we really really love. It's you it's either like, yeah. have like a note every two minutes where you're like, hold on, can we talk about this specific scene and that coffee cup, the way it gets turned around? Yeah. Or I think your exact wording was, I'll just be clapping like a seal, like a seal and giggling. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I the just... song starts, when they're doing the handshake. Arf, 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 arf. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay Um, wait i just remembered a talking point that i had that i wanted to bring to your attention mm -hmm. you know is it just me and maybe maybe my perspective is a little skewed on this because like rom-coms like have sort of gone extinct but now they're sort of turning a corner there's an attempt to make a comeback and potentially coming back but is it just me or like is is creating a score like a lost art (laughs) Do movies not 
have scores the way that they used to. And it's like, funny because this movie is like so classic rom-com where it actually does have beautiful music, but then it also has all of these pop hits because you want to sell. It's got. That's a lost art, the, having the album. Ha, yeah, it's got the pop hits, but like, okay, so like a perfect example of that is like Home Alone, where it's like mm-hmm. we have a combination of like pop hits, but then it has its own like written, like recognizable score. Home Alone has its own like recognizable lick. Like you, you under, like you yeah. recognize the Home Alone jingle. Uh, but then this also has, like, a continuous... And, of course, I, I kept a lookout during the opening credits, and who else? Alan Silvestri of right. Avengers I did, fame. Because I didn't know... Right. I didn't know who scored this. And, and everything then when I saw it, fame. I did go, Alan Silvestri! Yeah, and he's... Mm, chef's kiss. Like, he's up there. I, I would liken him to... Um, who makes Jurassic Park? and everything else John Williams John, John Williams, Williams but he has less hardware John right exactly yes um yeah he's he's up there with like w- w- with a John Williams type of like the most iconic things you ever heard it's probably quietly come from Alan Silvestri right um yeah no i honestly so much of our t- talk today really is going to boil down to just lost arts in so many ways this movie feels like a like monument to what filmmaking was like for a period of time what the right. rom-com was like what what like set design was what art direction was what romance and comedy was and and music i just so much of this i'm like we say they don't make them like that anymore but my god they, they literally don't. do not make them like this anymore no in terms of just everything is so kind of perfect and like i think my Done biggest thing care. was you yeah you love the music i love the production design I love the production design. Oh, my gosh. This movie feels so huge just because of how good it looks. The world, like, I know I've mentioned this in the past, but, like, even, like, every scene where there's, like, a bunch of extras in the back, like, everything, everyone looks, it it looks like a lived-in world. Every place Mm -hmm. that they go to looks like it's always existed there. It's always been there. These people have always been here. And, right. like, everything feels so, like, thoroughly measured and, like, carefully placed. Right. And, yeah, it's, it's yeah, because, like, one of the things I really appreciate is, like, you know, in the age of, like, blue screen, in the age of volume, it's, like, you can make anywhere, anywhere. You can be, you can go to, like, 12 different planets. You yeah. can have all these different biomes and stuff. But it never feels, like, it just feels like it's there. It doesn't, it feels right. like it only exists for this moment of the movie and then we'll move on. Where it's, mm-hmm. like... Even something as little as being in a fancy British house where, like, everything feels so lived in and measured. Yes. To then pivot around to California where we only really see one or two rooms, but they're so intricately made right. and, like, kept. I'm like, God, this truly is a globe-trotting yeah, epic. Somebody lives there, yeah. Even the hotel, which is truly just a means to an end because we have to get them into, like, a third place. Right. So they can meet on neutral ground. Right. Like, again, I'm just like... Oh yeah, this is this is the, oh, height, the hotel. you know this place. Right. Is, yeah, the hotel. Everyone knows this <laughs> Everyone hotel. Everyone knows the hotel. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and and like especially because in the beginning we have the like summer camp, and that's like just how the like all the cabins and stuff camp. and the elaborate traps and whatnot. I'm like that is peak production. Like that immediately yes. you fall in love with the production design. Like right. it sells you on this is going to be a globe trotting spectacular almost right. right away with that. Right. You know, can we, um, like, 
can we linger a minute for like at at the summer camp as we're kind of like chugging through this movie here? Um, right. Did you know that that little boy is Lindsay Lohan's brother? No, truly, and that's another thing. Well, which is one of my really favorite funny. jokes throughout, like yeah. his his progression of of being like, "I'm gonna miss you guys." <laughs> I'll like come back just, next year, I promise. Yeah, him just, like, seemingly, like, just having the time of his life at an all-girls summer camp. Yeah, right? that he is Lindsay Lohan's... learned a valuable Lindsay lesson Lohan's, about not rushing to judgment. Right, that is Lindsay Lohan's little brother who got that role. That's so funny. Yeah. But even that is, like, such a nice... And, like, maybe... It's not just an Nancy Myers thing, but she's very good at it, of, like, everything having a purpose. Like, I'm not... Mm-hmm. Like, every little character moment, every little beat... Even if it's, like, the most innocuous thing will flesh out a character or give more personality or more life. Like, it really is wild to have so many, so much film dedicated to just, like, existing in the space and, like, making the characters feel whole. Even if it doesn't necessarily keep the plot moving forward. Right. Like, like even just, like, the bits with, um, I want to call her Roxanne, but that's not her name. The antagonist uh, girlfriend. Oh, Meredith. Meredith. I was like, what's the other 90s name? Yeah. <laughs> but even just having her parents and having her parents doing all of this, like, they're truly in, like, two scenes, but, like... They, That's a they cameo the from so the original. The, the woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, 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 the camp stuff, like, I realize now that everything that happens at the camp, like, this is really, like, kind of the most important part of the movie in that, like, we see what these girls are made of. And and I feel like we like it's I don't I don't think anything else would work as effectively if we didn't see like kind of the best slash worst of right. like what they can do. You understand why you, <laughs> they can pull this off, but you also understand why their plan is actually kind of terrible. Right. Exactly. And they get caught caught almost immediately. You can you can understand why. Yeah, you can understand why these two in particular would be able to like just trick everybody and be in each other's place and go to different countries like one of them get like go abroad right but like at the same time they break down just enough that they're like confidants respective confidants in a butler and some lady who's there um housekeeper yeah i think that's yes chessie yes right well you figured it out it's jessica but like no, abbreviated. No, it's it's Francesca. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. I can't think of any other. I can't think of any other <laughs> way Chessy would work. But yeah, it's got to be a Francesca, I guess. But um, the camp stuff, like, okay, wait, the the camp stuff has some of the most iconic moments. First of all, um. Right, 90% of why, like, before watching it, the stuff I remember is boat, um, uh, camping trip, and summer camp. Right, yeah, boat. Um, do you, oh, yeah, that's right. We didn't really talk about our own, like, personal history with this. Like, is this just, like, something you've seen through osmosis, or, like, had you... Oh, no, this one, like, we all watch. Like I said, this yeah. one has the, like, veneer, you know, because it has, like, the classic cinema respectability. Right. It's, like... You know, you're not, it's not like a boy's thing where it's like, I'll be caught dead if I'm watching right. this. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Um, summer camp. Okay, wait. Can, can we can we talk about all of their antics? Like, from the jump. Yes. This, this begins with this, like, extravagant um, fencing duel. 
somehow they're both just expert fencers casually yeah. and honestly don't we we don't like the movie doesn't really appreciate that both of them are kind of elitist like like that they're both like this isn't one of those things where like one of them is poor and the other is it's right. not the princess and the pauper like they're both like wealthy <laughs> and they right. do I elitist just, i think sports. it's part of like the daydream of it of like yeah oh like the sort of like well, it's also a part of it because it's like, yeah, they got together when they were young and impressionable and they mm-hmm. had dreams but no money. And now they actually both live their dreams. They are successful adults. Right. And I guess a part of them tells themselves like, oh, well, I have to leave the past behind if I want to keep all this. Right. I guess. Yeah. So, like, it, it makes like sense the, that both of them know. live in huge houses and, right. like, have butlers. And, like, like, that's not just, like, a British thing. Like, Hallie is rich. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, I, I kind of like it just because it is, like, it's the, you know, a part of romantic comedies is, like, the sort of, like, fantasy of it, of, right. like, oh, getting swept up into this exciting world. So, right. like, yes, the heightened version of the, a heightened version of America, these open fields of grapes, and the heightened version of Britain, having a butler. Right, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> drinking out of yep. crystal uh, wine glasses. Um, okay, wait, so... <laughs> So yeah, they have this fencing ma- match, and I think I told you that, like, I mentioned this to you of like the I love Hallie's choice. Like the minute that <laughs> she just immediately feels threatened by this girl that looks identical to her, and also beat her at fencing, and then she's like, you know what? I'm choosing violence today. Yeah, <laughs> this is my you enemy. Stole my face. I have to answer. You know back. what? Yeah, you're not my friend actually, and just immediately goes for the jugular, <laughs> and is like, right. yeah, where you're ugly, <laughs> like just like comes yeah. like swinging at her. Yeah, goes full eugenics of like, well, right. your ears are a little off, your, your nose is pointed up. Don't worry, there's surgery for that now. Right, yeah, just awful. Your nose bone might cave in, but that's okay. I think the next time they meet is the the poker match, which is like, again, what, like, these are the two most interesting little girls. And, and maybe that is like a very 90s sentiment of like kids being sort of precocious and like... Yes. Oh, it emphatically is. And... And, like, being, like, sort of, like, like somehow they're, they're kiddish, but especially Hallie says very, like, adult things. Like, mm. she has sayings like, oh, it's scary the way nobody stays together anymore. Like, she kind of sounds like this, like, old woman <laughs> a lot of the time. Well, no, it, it's funny because, like, this era creates that in real life because we right. talk about like the like you know because kids have like catchphrases and stuff growing yeah. up and it's like you learn all that from fucking disney right yeah exactly like you watch hannah montana and you just get all of right. that encoded into your brain right exactly. and it's funny that this this is like one of the like original texts of that where it's right. like ah divorce these days divorce <laughs> can you believe it um and then, yeah, this poker match, which again, Nancy Meyer, like you're right, like ev- so much detail, everything is purposeful. Th- this poker match, I love, where like the pot in the middle, like there's money in there, but there's also like scrunchies and nail polish, right, and like kids stuff in there, <laughs> like these are high stakes, <laughs> right. It's simultaneously why she's one of the best writer directors to ever do it, but also why like. Hollywood in this era has kind of like uh like told her to bump off a little bit. Yeah, right. Because like, you know, I mean it's complicated, which is also a movie she made. Right. Um 
Well, we can talk about Nancy Myers in a minute, but right. yeah. And I love, like, I don't know, the escalation of it is also very fun. Like, again, we talk about it being episodic. This little movie that happens at the, like, you know, it's kind of a perfect short film because it's like, right. first they split... First they spit verbally, then there's this escalation with like the classic camp skinny dipping thing, you steal their clothes. Right. And then we go to full on home alone, we've created an elaborate right. death trap. Which oh, is but like, first she puts her stuff on the roof too. Somehow, yeah, she gets all of their furniture up onto the roof, like classic. So, don't know she's how she like, did that. She's like four foot two and maybe right. 40 pounds soaking wet, but right. okay. But somehow they got all of their beds up onto the roof um, and... And then, like, Hallie and her friends just, yeah, create a complete Home Alone trap where someone probably could have yeah, gotten seriously trap. Yeah. hurt. But they just made a mess. And, like, honestly, was that, like, that, I guess that Home Alone era, like, there was a trend in kids' uh, entertainment of, like, well, we talked about food fights being a trend, but, like, just, like, making a big Gr- mess somehow. Yeah. You gotta make... That's what kids do. They make messes. They right. get stuff on the walls. But, like, they, they draw making them, a you know. rig, like, it's it's this Pee Wee Herman, like, sort of, like, designing, like, a big rig. We're like, oh, I'm gonna push this yeah. ball and To do the most gonna... innocuous, stupid things. Like, yeah. it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't achieve anything. It just makes a mess. Right, exactly. At the end, it just makes a mess. And um, the escalation of that... And first of all, like, all of this leading to the punishment of punishments... Which, by the way, the isolation cabin honestly sounds like the best. <laughs> I would, right, a whole cabin yourself? I would have loved to go to the isolation cabin. Right. Not be around other people getting lice and like sneezing right. on each other? Fuck you. Yeah. Having one other roommate? Like, great. <laughs> I'll do it. Even though as a kid, I was so paranoid something was going to go wrong. Like, like what? Because they hiked them so far out. And it's like they so... Did- yeah, it really Even though we don't have a sense of geography in this, they safe. pick it perfectly where it looks like it's 100 miles away. Right. I'm like, oh, this is where a bear no comes or a killer. Yeah. Yeah, like reasonably this this couldn't work. Like of like, all right, so they have no supervision. The two girls that like tried to kill each other, you're yeah. going to send them together or to making live saw alone. Traps. Like in you've seen forest. what these two are capable of. Right. And now you're going to isolate them together right. away from where nobody can hear them scream. No, nobody did hear her scream because she got her ears pierced out there. Nobody saw. <laughs> that scene is ingrained. I don't know why that scene was ingrained in my head, but just the way it's cut and shot is just it's, so quintessential right. like, 90s kid film. It's so perfect <laughs> of just like, just the you see it go in Poor for Annie. half a second. Then we just cut to their like expressions. Right. And then yeah, cut both, out. both of them just screaming. Like this scene, I was like, poor Annie. Like she had first the haircut. She got all of her hair chopped off. And then right. suddenly, now we're sticking needles in her ear. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Crazy. She did not hold that light up enough. She's getting right. very sick. Right. And I love her. Like, I love how. Like, I mean, I get. And like, a point. The point is, they have loving families. So her parent, her mom, isn't going to freak out. Like, what the fuck? What did what you do? Fuck? Yeah. No, she just comes home and, and they're like, "Oh, your ears that, are pierced." But she doesn't. Wow. Yeah. It's a <laughs> yeah, new look for you. Yeah, they're like, okay, yeah. When realistically, um, it. Like, they say, like, as a side note here, like, Hallie's like, well, I can't go to summer camp with pierced ears and come home without them. And I'm like, you could. Yeah, you could, you could just bank on them not noticing. Piercings close all the time. <laughs> but anyway, right? that's logical. But also, like, yeah, I don't know, man. Just bank on, like, getting them back together really fast. Right, yeah, really, really fast. Yeah, but that gets us to, like, I don't know, I... I 
And, like, I don't know how prominent or if these characters were in the 60s version, but I just do love the... Both the butler and Chessie are just, like... They're so perfect. They're exactly what the movie needs. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that, like, the people who figure it out first are, like, side people. They yeah, have this... The grandfather. Sh- like, yeah. Again, it's, like, classic... It's, like, classic... Rom- like, on a, like, musical... Like, it's, like, romantic theater, where it's, like, you have the serious romance, and then you have the silly romance. But the silly romance right. in this is also kind of hot as hell. I'm, like, <laughs> right. I see why both of these people seeing each other. Right, And also, right. they're, like, sweet and sincere. I did say, of all the scenes that got me, like, we talked, like, this movie made us cry. The scene where Chessie oh. figures it out, how it's shot, how it's executed, of just, like, her being, like, okay, it's something angelic. is really up here. Like, you, it, no, it something about it takes you, you do feel like, it, like, it sort of, it, yeah, I don't know, like, this is movie magic, where it's, like, if okay, you shoot something right and the right lighting is right, right and everyone and right commits lighting it can kind of like transport you and and you do especially when she starts saying like uh what did she say like uh eight pounds 11 ounces like she starts like rattling yeah. off like her measurements at birth and you're like oh right right she would have been there right <laughs> it's so sick like again it, rom com both in equal measure beautiful yeah and just the moment where she's like no no it can't be that and she goes, oh, right. like Hallie. And she just goes, you know about Hallie? And I'm I just guess, like. <laughs> uh, and it's like, you know why that's effective is is because it, it, even though it's this big secret, it's like in these adult lives, the other girl was always like in their mind. That's, I think that's yeah. what makes it so effective. Like when, when Chessie's like, oh, it's almost as if like she makes that comment under her breath. Um, to think that like she might miss that little girl or that she's has been thinking about her and wondering, you know, what what where she is in the world right. or what what she's doing. And like, like right, and when we talk about suspension like cuz they don't have report, like for all they know, Hallie and her mom died. Like for all they know, right. like who knows. And right. I think that's and it, like we talk about suspension of disbelief and that is why like, you know, you just let yourself get fluttered away into this romance because it's like that sort of, that burden, that weight of knowing that there's this other girl out there and these two, it's why they're in this plot and why they're so important to the plot. Like, right. the emotional weight this has on both of them and, mm-hmm. like, their excitedness at helping when they should objectively get fired for scheming right. with children. <laughs> but, like, it works because it's like, if this is weighing on them this much, imagine yeah. how heavy it is on Nick and Liz. And, right. like, yeah, it's destiny. All of this is, like, the universe it, it, uh, acknowledges this gravitational pull and is going to shove all of these pieces together, whether it makes sense or not. And that's how you get into a situation where two girls who look exactly the same end up at a summer camp. And by right. sheer cosmic coincidence, one has a mom, one has a dad, and they both have a torn-up photo of the other. Right. Can we, speaking of, of Nick and Liz, like, I, I, I really only want to talk about Natasha Richardson because... I'm yes. watching this back and I'm like, you know, I think, I think I'm falling in love with this woman. Like mm-hmm. she, <laughs> she is like, you want to talk about like the halo effect, which like mm-hmm. is when someone sort of looks like an angel from heaven. <laughs> yeah. She somehow is the most radiant, like, I, I don't know, I don't even have the words, but, like, the most beautiful thing on screen. And they right. give her this, like, she's got this 90s Princess Diana haircut, which helps, like, yes. her sort of she, look. It's so 90s. It's so 90s. I, I immediately went, Princess Diana? 
Yeah, it, it looks like Princess Diana. Like, and I guess that was like that's probably exactly what they were going for in terms of like, right. all right, what what British figure do Americans jive with? Right. And, and also Di. like Yeah. And like you're gonna get something another thing of like we don't do this anymore. There's so much discourse about like, God, there's no more movie stars. And one of the problems is like people don't know how to shoot around movie stars anymore. They don't know how to like yeah. sell you have to sell an audience on the idea that this person is important. Like the right. Reference everyone makes is, like, the movie Stagecoach. When you first see John Wayne, like, whipping a lever-action rifle into place, you're like, mm. where has this guy been all this time? Holy right. shit, I want to see what his movie was like. Right. And, and that basically made one of the most iconic careers in Hollywood. And, like, yeah, the minute you see her come down the stairs with the haircut and everything and the halo effect, you're just like... Yeah. Oh, they gotta get these. They they gotta. They, they have, gotta get this the has to track. work. Right. Yeah. It's I again, can't. I'm not leaving this theater until it works. The way you shoot something like matters so much because it's because it's like this house is lived in, right? But it but it really does put you into the perspective of who's really Hallie pretending to be Annie. Like it's again the mathematics you got to do in this movie, but like. This is her first time seeing this woman that until right. today she really had no evidence really existed. Right. She had a picture. She had a, she had a picture and like I guess sort of believed that she had a mother somewhere maybe. But like right. and here she like is before you. Like she right. is she is a celebrity to Hallie. And mm. is like again she like descends this staircase like and here she is in front of you. Right. Annie, yeah, especially Annie more than Hallie, just, like, the build-up to that of, like, she is really put... She's going overseas to a place she's never been, you know, and, like, she has that moment where she's like, please like me, please like me. And well, again, that's Hallie. So, oh, that's See, Hallie. That, that, I'm getting the mixed Hallie up. It's Hallie pretending to be... Yeah, it's Hallie Parker and Annie James. Annie... Yes. Hallie is, is American. Annie is Annie British. Annie is British, yeah, but... But, yeah, but Hallie... It's Hallie pretending yeah. to be Annie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hallie being thrown into the situation and having her mom come down the freaking stairs. You know, she's been with this butler. Like, she doesn't even visit her... Like, her mom doesn't even come to get her at the airport. And there's just right. this, like, moment of, like, is this going to work? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she's as magical and fairy tale as you could hope. And yeah. Nick is also fairy tale, but just in a very different way. In the most... Yeah, that if you were, like, a British person that kind of... Like, okay, but let's... Like, you want to talk about someone who kind of looks like a movie star. It's... Yeah. It's Dennis Quaid who Dennis looks, Quaid. looks like a movie star. And it's like, if you're a British person that kind of has these very Hollywood idea of like what Americans yeah. are and this guy with his t-shirt out and like, yeah. with this like a cowboy flannel denim, like, hey. his, ha- his hair and he's like, hey, get out. Like, yeah. that's, that is, that's in and of itself a fairy tale. Yes. And that, like, so much of this is the balancing act of various fairy tales and fantasies. You understand immediately why these two people felt like they couldn't be together because they're from very different worlds. But at the same time, you're like, they are both so dreamy and fairy tale that if it doesn't work out in the end, I swear to God, I'm ripping the (laughs) screen off the theater. I will tear this place apart. (laughs) And, yeah, and I mean, I guess, yeah. And it's like the fairy tale of, like, getting on the horse, as it were, which they do at some point. And, mm-hmm. like, just going out to this huge, wide-open space of, like, sunsets and, like, mm-hmm. hills and valleys. Literally, right. the po- like, I guess not the polar opposite, because, again, they're both from the same social class. But I think, again, right. I think that's a part of it, of, like, getting these two different fairy tales of similar, like, level. Just different right. color. Right. And then exactly. Meredith fucking Blake shows up and is trying to ruin Meredith it for everyone. Meredith Blake, one of my favorite villains, and honestly, like... 
I've been seeing girls dress like her for Halloween. That's like a goal for me, what? like her as a Halloween that costume. Rules. Yes, but they do like the stick thing and every like putting on her like her camping outfit. That one, you're yeah. I don't want the mountain lion. Like, it's <laughs> okay. So this actress, her name's Elaine Hendricks, and she's she is a remarkable woman. Today, she like her career is devoted to like animal welfare and like homeless pets in the United States. Like like you know if you're ever but on this Twitter, movie made me think she out. was evil. She's quite the opposite, but she still to this day does engage with fans on Twitter saying things like, I'll send you breaths to Timbuktu. And she, she like stays in character on Twitter a lot of the time. Um, That's fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, she like, like you want to talk about commitment <laughs> to be the character that like gets the pie in the face, essentially. Like, yes. even though there's many pies in this movie that get tossed around, like, but like, to have it be on you and like you're supposed to be also like the sexy one <laughs> yeah that you i get it's it's an escalation of roxanne from good burger because it's like that you don't get beat up as much necessarily but right. my god you gotta earn making out with dennis quaid you're right. earning this exactly exactly yeah. I, meredith blake i love her because again she is perfect 90s villain i guess i yes. have a lot of different thoughts about her because on one hand this this signaled an era, there's like two different eras of romantic comedy. The one where it's like the previous relationship just doesn't work out. Like mm-hmm. like a Sleepless in Seattle where it's like, look, we're, we're fine together. We're great. But I love someone else. You know, I realized my true love is someone else. So sorry. Like, you know, the, right. the, 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 ex, the soon-to-be ex doesn't have to be like evil or yes. super flawed. They just have to be not, not right the for love. the Yeah. And then we have like the later era where it's like, no, to make this work, you have to make the soon-to-be ex the most horrific asshole who's ever lived. The, the most famous right. example being Wedding Crashers, where mm. Bradley Cooper is, like, dr- like surly, he's drunk, he's stampy. And even though, um, even though the main lead, the romantic lead's dad straight up is like, I just want you to be happy, she's still going along with it. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why, right. why, why are you not acknowledging any of these red flags, my guy? Right. Um, and this is kind of in the middle, and I kind of, I don't know, I kind of accept it just because, like, yeah, it's also a kids' movie, and, like, you want a good antagonist for a kids' movie, and, the, like... They got it. they have to feel cartoonish. Yeah, and I, yeah, and it works because, again, like, it can't be as easy as getting them together in the same room and working it out. There has to be some kind right. of struggle, there has to be some kind of other perspective. And mm-hmm. I do love, like, as cruel, like, if Meredith even just played her card, like, 2% more chill... Right. Like, literally, if she didn't drop the nukes at the first gigantic prank, she probably would have gotten away with all of this. Right, right. You know what I can also appreciate? Like, I actually appreciate that that Meredith and Elizabeth aren't exactly opposites. Like, they're just, they're different. There's an age gap. And, like, they have different intentions, and, and obviously one seems like an angel from heaven, and the other is, like, Satan, I guess. Yeah. But they're not, it's not, like, the blonde brunette dynamic. We're not, like, they, right. they're not exactly different women. In fact, they have something in common, toward, and that, that's revealed later, like, which is being that, like, Meredith wants, like, Elizabeth to design a wedding, like, she's a fan, <laughs> yeah, I, I love that detail. And that's, like, how you avoid the Wedding Crashers thing. That's how you add, like, nuance. Yeah. And, again, there's so much fucking nuance in this children's movie for children. 
Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Only like 30 minutes ago had Lindsay Lohan creating a saw trap that ends in chocolate sauce getting all over the camp counselor. But, right. <laughs> like, yeah, just the nuance of like, yeah, they are kind of different. Like one version is an immature thing of what Dennis Quaid thought his relationship was. And one is the real thing, which is now like matured and more like yeah. sincere and like felt. Right. Like they kind of look similar um, yeah. Someone pointed out, I love the detail that Meredith looks at her receipt to see, like, how much she's tipping and then see her name. And that's what triggers it. Like, they're never direct yes. antagonists. Like, right. Meredith does not, Meredith is obviously a bit put out by the fact that her ex, her um, fiance's ex is here now. But she's not going to, like, start right. a war over it. Yeah. She's, she's starting still... a war over these kids terrorizing her. Right. And you know what? Like, it, there's something... Like, I don't want to use the word redeemable about Meredith, but, like, what makes her sort of palatable is that, like, she she does maintain, like, a, a level of maturity throughout, even up to the point where, like, they're about to go on this camping trip. And she very right. calmly just expresses, like, hey, look, I kind of don't like this. <laughs> right. Like, she does not, like, she's not angry yet. She's not, like, she's not jumping on anybody's throat. But she's very calmly, like, an adult being like, so, um, I just found out that, what like, you're going here on the trip with my fiancé and, and the kids. And, like, I'm kind of not comfortable with that. Like, I actually right. kind of appreciate that level of, like, maturity. Right. Yeah. And, like, again, it's, it, like, she is, like, the immaturity doesn't come through till the very end where, like, Upon being yeah. pressed by these kids, getting sucked into the parent trap herself, she right. fucking explodes. Right. As, as anybody would. Right. And, like, yeah, and that's what makes, you know, of course he's going to pick her, his kids. Oh, yeah. Why would he not? And, you know, I think what I, like, what is so amazing, like, one of my favorite little scenes is, like, they, they convince Meredith to come on the trip she gets in her getup and, and packs up, and Liz is like, bye, y'all. <laughs> and, and immediately Nick just sees right through that. Like, he immediately is like, what are you doing? Like, right. like he, he immediately clocks that, like, his daughters are exactly like her and that she is just as conniving. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's what I love. Again, this whole movie is, like, the answer is very obvious the whole time. They, of course, want to get back together. Of course. Yeah. Like, she wouldn't have gotten blotto on a plane if she right. was like, this is going to be so difficult to be cold and unfeeling right. about this. But they right. convinced themselves that it was, like, a fling. It was a short-term, like, that they're mm-hmm. from different worlds and it was never going to work. We're and it's only like, meeting because we got to get our daughters back. Right. And even, like... It, it, like, and at the end of the movie when she's like, oh, so I guess we're going to have lives in two different countries. We're going to do this and do that. And it's like, well, because you love each other and you're going to make it work. And that's what love yeah. is. Right. And exactly. that's what the, basically the whole movie is just that final step of like being like, yeah, well, love conquers all. So we're going to figure this out. We're not going to run from it anymore. We're not right. going to separate two children at birth. Um, we're right. not going to peel Travers anymore. this. We're not going to peel Travers this. Right, right. I... Ugh, um, don't remind me. Yes. <laughs> How have we not talked... Well, God, did... I, well, while we're on the romance of it all, like, again, I made a joke earlier. This movie is caliente, to put it bluntly. Um, and <laughs> that, more than anything, is a thing I miss from filmmaking. Just, like, romance and sensuality and, like, steaminess, where it's like, let's not dance around the fact that a part of why this is working is because they're all hot and all attracted to each people. other. 
Yeah, and even exactly. Meredith, who is personified as like the the Jezebel, as like the right. temptress, you're like, well, I I get it. The end of the world. It would right. be the end of the world. I it see would just the be appeal. kind of the end. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm human here. But, like, right. it's, it's so funny that, like, Gen Z has gone so aggro about, like, too many sex scenes, too much sex in movies. And I'm like, we are in the most chaste, like, right. sexless mainstream cinema scene the world has ever mm-hmm. seen. That the fact that, the, the fact that Oppenheimer had, like, two seconds of Florence Pugh's breasts and, like, a little bit of sex was this, like, scandal is a testament mm. to how, like, far off we've gotten, where I'm just like, let movie stars be attractive and, like, let sparks right. fly. I right. fucking love Chessy and the butler's relationship, Martin. Yes. Like, yes. That, it is literally just pure, like, literally, the first time they meet, he is in a tiny Speedo where it's just all out. <laughs> and that, that, you're, that everything you need to know about the relationship is that where I'm like, yep, is I get it. Go great. get it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I forget about that part that he even even Liz is like oh my god like when, <laughs> Why? when he first comes out <laughs> like what are you doing <laughs> right and that's like the one fun little culture clash one of the few little right. culture clash things we get in this that I love it's just like yeah he's from Europe what do you expect right. <laughs> where before that he's wearing like the leather jacket and the sunglasses he's clearly like I'm gonna be a he's like I'm gonna be an American yeah yeah hey daddy-o this uh, is America yeah <laughs> See, this is why we need to have recordings of this because I I right. committed exactly. Um, how have we not talked about Lindsay Lohan yet? Almost an hour into this, I don't know. Let's let's give her her flowers. You know, we we mentioned at the beginning this is her introductory role to um, what would be like a a string of like really good children and teen movies that she would be in 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 her youth and this is why i mean i would be so curious to like know more details about the audition process for this but it's like to you know yes okay the the task she was tasked here this is her first acting like probably not her first first acting job of her life but like this is her first like feature film and she's got to be two different characters and like learn an accent (laughs) Right. Yeah, it truly is, like, in terms of, like, star-making roles, in terms of, like, what we were just talking about, like, how you sell someone on a movie star, like, Mm -hmm. Disney did the work here to immediately sell you on Lindsay Lohan, the next big thing in filmmaking. She's adorable. Look at what she can do. She's barely, like, what is she, 14? Not even. I don't, I don't think she was that old in this. She, I think she was, like, 11, 12. And even just and listening to her, like, I watched the behind-the-scenes thing you have on Disney+, Plus and just listening to her talk about, like, the process of doing the different characters, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I can see why immediately they're like, oh, this girl has it. Right, yeah. But she's, like, first of all, she's she's an adorable kid. Like, that. Like let's not take that for granted. She's got these right. big doe eyes and, like, bright red hair and, like, freckles. Like, she is, like, the Wendy's logo <laughs> like she's 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 cute she's she's adorable and uh and she's just got it like she's just undeniably right. talented it's so like again i still prickle at the idea that we have kids in movies but i'm like me if too. a kid actor is going to work what does it take and more than anything it is just sincerity like look at the yes. end of the day you're not going to be reading shakespeare you're not going to be giving right. like multi-tiered physical per- you know 
you just have to sincerely get the audience to buy into your emotions. So when she's just sitting on a plane being like, please like me, please like me, please like me, mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, I will run through a wall to make sure this works right. out for you, kid. Right. I don't care what I have to do, the audience member who's watching a film that's already been finished. Right. And <laughs> you also immediately understand it's like, it's crazy. We talked about Disney having all these like auxiliary franchises of like sort of classic Hollywood. And it's like mm. you understand why immediately they go, Parent Trap, Freaky Friday, Herbie, let's go. Right, you're doing it, yeah. And it is like, I don't know. I, it does feel like we are getting ready for uh, sort of, what's the word? Uh, Lindsay Lohansons. Like, a because... What? Oh, a Lindsay Lohansons? Like a... Yes. Oh, I like hope so. She deserves right. one. She she just had a baby. She, like, she's come full circle. And like, I she, she, she deserves like to coast. She deserves to cruise. Right. And I think that's like the thing that's so frustrating about so many of these child stars. When things go bad, it's rarely directly their fault. You know, right. even if they make bad decisions, they come from a place of like bad situations they were put in. Bad On top of the fact that parents. it's like you had the entire Disney universe circling around you before you yeah. could legally drive or drink. And I cannot imagine the mental stress that would take. Right. And exactly. Yeah. It, it, like it feels like, especially because our generation grew up with her. She was like mm-hmm. our kid. Like, yeah. if she's she's gonna she's in she's in two movies this year. She's in something called Irish Wish, and I do. Um, well, she was in one other thing, but I don't want to spoil that because it's a surprise. Um, okay. But yeah, it, it like it does feel like if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen now, and it's gonna be us being like, she's back. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I I cannot it cannot be overstated how incredible the like double work in this is. Um, I wanted to talk about that that like her performance is great, but like also they do a really excellent job of of shooting them. Like honestly, it's like I don't know you have to corroborate this, but it's like they do feel like two different people, and I think mm. they use lighting and sort of like angles to kind of make them. Even other shots where they're both face on, because we have a lot of like body double work where it's like it's the yeah. back of some other little girl's head, um, which is fine. But like at the parts where they're both facing the camera, it's like even like that scene where they're checking out of the hotel and the two of them come down to like be like, guess what, parents? We're not going anywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> like I noticed that they kind of like, like there's a height difference. Mm-hmm. They made them, one of them, slightly taller than the other. Right. And they even sort of lit them slightly differently, like, to almost give their, like, or they're, they're sort of colored differently. Like, they kind of made them look like two different people, if you didn't know any better. Yeah. I, it is incredible work. Like, because a lot of it is just the traditional, like, oh, we'll have a body double here, and then we'll cut back and forth. And some right. of it is more digital editing. Uh, there's a great piece from the Phantom Menace behind-the-scenes documentary where they talk about, like, oh, look how cool this is because we have the camera static. We can cut one half here and one half here in Avid. Mm. Um, Like, they talk about, they had this cool tech where they put a little earpiece in her ear so she could hear her lines being read back to her so she Mm -hmm. wasn't just talking off a buddy double. Um, Right. There's one scene where they realized, like, a part of um, Liz's arm got cut off because they have to, like, composite in the character. So they then have to, like, Photoshop effectively and, like, make a fake jacket sleeve. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, just the amount of work here is extraordinary. Like, even, like, and this, you know, there's a history of movies like this. Uh, like, I get, and I guess there's so much more, as much as I love the social network, it is a little less magical when it's just incredible facial technology. 
Like, yeah. that movie had Army Hammer, who weirdly just disappeared off the face of the earth after that. Didn't do anything or was never talked about ever Didn't again. Didn't do anything. I don't know whatever happened to to the old Army Hammer twins. Yeah, weird. Well, no, that's what's <laughs> wild. They had a guy who looked just like him standing in, who was fully under the impression that he was just going to be in the movie. And then they digitally right. grafted a face onto him. And if I'm like, If there's Damn, one dude. person I don't want to see as twins, it's Army Hammer. Yes. But I guess, like, my point is, it's as incredible as that technology is and how innovative, there's something so magical about, like, the Hollywood magic of this, of, like, how do we how do we make this work? How do we... What is the blue-collar solution to this white-collar problem? And, right. like, you know, there's a lot of, like, clean shots, but then there's that shot where they both cheekily pop behind a tree, look around a tree, yeah. and I sincerely am like, what? how the fuck? How the fuck did you do that? Right. How did you do mm-hmm. that? There is no way you did that. Like, that right. has to be, like, the most magical thing anyone's ever done on film. Because I'm like, I right. don't know how you cut around that. I don't know how you edit that in. Yeah. Especially since Beautiful. they're out in nature. Like, it's not like they're behind, like, a flat background. Like, they're b- right. behind a... They have a textured environment. Yes. And, it, like, that's one of those things where you're just, like, Hollywood magic. Um, right. Which, again, is, like, I guess getting back to Nancy Myers, it's, like... It disappoints me that she hasn't gotten a lot of chances to direct in the modern era because it's like she is a purveyor of hollywood magic she Mm -hmm. like and because the rom-com is hollywood magic of like selling you on whirlwind romances and like big overwhelming emotions and Mm -hmm. like decadent you know living the most decadent version of your life and Mm. it's frustrating because like this movie went extinct because you know for a number of reasons like why these movies are so great is why she doesn't work again because she is like pedantic and like like she gets so in the weeds about every little detail studios Mm. when they started to pivot to like just big you know big swings were like Mm -hmm. we don't want to deal with this this isn't worth the squeeze why do this when we can just make four like blockbuster movies and maybe one of them will make a billion dollars right it is funny they basically the hollywood studio process basically just adopted the sixers trust the process mantle where it's like (laughs) you know Let's just get as many, let's just make as much slop as we, we can. And if doing. one of it hits, yeah. We kind of yeah. don't know what we're doing. We just need one of these <laughs> to be a home run. If we get right. one Joel Embiid, it justifies all the Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, Joel Okafors, and Zaire Smiths, right. even though he right. almost died. Um, right. But yeah, and it's so frustrating because this is like, this is what we mean when we're like, they don't make them like this anymore. This like immaculate piece of filmmaking, this immaculate piece right. of Hollywood, like there should be. She should be making a movie every other year, which she was doing right. for a while. And then they finally just pulled the plug and it sucks. Right. Yeah. And with that, we're, it, Sydney's birthday month is officially at an end. How do you feel, Sydney? Oh, I feel like I blinked and it just like went by so fast, but that's, that's the nature of February. Yeah. Know? Even in a leap year. Even in a leap year. One extra day and it's still not enough, but... That's okay, you know, today is my birthday, which is so perfect that the last episode fell directly on my birthday, like what better way, you know? Um, But I had so much fun and you know, we keep like repeating ourselves with this, but it's like, you know, I feel like you learned a lot about me. I feel like I learned a lot about myself, things that I didn't put together, you know, about my own taste, my own history with uh, things that I have like loved watching my entire life, and I'm like really happy to be sharing them with you this month. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it really does make you appreciate a person's taste or like understand a person by the things they grew up with, by the formative media, and like 
so much of your persona, so much of your demeanor makes so much sense when it's like, we really are doing classic Hollywood stuff. Like, they don't make them like that anymore. Show-stopping Hollywood with a capital H sort of films, movies, and also Daria. That's true. Yeah, that is true. We have been saying that a lot lately. This in the, the last few episodes have all kind of been in that vein of like, wow, this is Hollywood. This is Hollywood, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't have it any other way. Amen. Me too. And until February 2025 rolls around and we finally find some kind of copy of the movie Life Size, so we can also do that. Right. Right. We forgot to mention that was one of the plans. <sighs> Another another Lindsay Lohan hit. At some point, you just have to have a whole banner that's all Disney hits, or all Lindsay Lohan hits Disney. Right, exactly. One day, we'll get there. But until that happens during the Lindsay-sance, I'm Carter. (laughs) And I'm Sydney. And happy birthday, Sid. Thank you. The Disney Desk is brought to you by Carter and Sydney. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Desk for the latest updates about the show. Want more of the most magical podcast on earth? The Disney Desk is now on Patreon. For exclusive weekly bonus content from us, go to patreon.com slash Disney Desk and become a patron for as little as $3 a month. Thank you. Spooked all three of them. Sorry. Yeah. Boots. Well, that's what you're supposed to do when a dog is misbehaving. You're either Give supposed to spook. shake a can of soda or go like, <laughs> and like really like you know. I hope that clapping doesn't confuse you <laughs> when you yeah, have to no, edit that I, later. I, I, you'll, I'm an idiot. You'll know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because right, you're basically telling your dog, "I can create thunder. Can you produce <laughs> the sound of thunder?" No. And my dog is like, "Yeah, actually." I can get pretty close. All right, one second.